This is Geek Gab with your hosts, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for Monday, July 24th, 2023. That feels kind of weird to say, I admit. <laughs> you did it. I would have put money on you saying Saturday. Monday. Yeah. It was a workout. I had to exercise the limits of my massive brain to get that out correctly. But here we are. Yeah, it's it's great to be back. It's uh, We took a little bit of a break so we could readjust to this new time frame we've got here. So how was your week? It was good. Uh, it was good. Uh, I uh, I was able to enjoy some of the summer out here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. I was also able to not enjoy some of the summer uh, working around the house and elsewhere. Um, but I did find some time to get out of the uh, sun and catch a movie. Hope we can talk about that today. How about you? Just one movie. Mm, yeah, I didn't go see the, uh, ho hope I didn't disappoint everyone. I haven't gone to see the Oppenheimer Barbie double header yet. I don't know. Did you, did you get a chance to catch those? Oh, I got several chances to catch those. I just didn't take any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. I, uh, I'm not going to see Barbie ever because, uh, the entire uh, the entire you know publicity campaign for the movie was an absolute lie, uh, a very clever lie, but a thoroughgoing lie. And so I'm never going to go see the movie um, because it's it's in reality an irredeemably awful movie, and I just. It's not so much I don't want to give him my money. I just don't want to give him my time. I my time is precious, and and I could spend that time doing better things, like you know, staring at the wall, because I can't stop thinking. And if I stared at the wall, my brain would come up with ideas, even if I was trying not to. So, staring at a wall is a valuable exercise. So what else am I gonna do? Uh, yeah. So Barbie straight out and Oppenheimer uh I have been told it is an absolutely fabulous movie but it is beyond my personal rating for movies. Um uh, it, uh, it it's got several explicit sex scenes in it. The first one starts like 20 minutes into the movie, and that's just... That's not something you go to the movies to see. No. I understand. Uh, it's not something I go to anything to see. <laughs> Good point. Um, so, yeah, I'm just... I'm not interested in either of those movies. Uh, 
and that's okay. I'm old enough to be, uh, once you pass a certain age, you get several, you know, passes given to you, and they're really nice. Like somebody was complaining about Twitter. Twitter's just changed its name to x.com. Um, That's weird. I was pausing there for a for a comment, but I, I appear to have shocked you into silence. <laughs> I mean, I I accessed it by twitter.com today, so I don't know what they're talking about. What's no, Elon yeah, you, they're going to keep that uh, forever. I don't think they want anybody else squatting on that. But you can also access it through x.com. And if you go to the x.com website, there's a big X in the upper right-hand corner, and uh, they're redoing. And, and while you're waiting it for to load, the the uh, backdrop has a big X on it, and they're changing all of the stuff on the screen to an X in the upper right-hand corner. There's no longer a bird. There's an X, and so on and so forth. It's a it's a rebranding thing. It's a hmm. whole rebranding thing. Uh, Interesting. Apparently, they are changing some of the fundamental aspects of Twitter. They're going to be adding new um, functionality to this site and doing some other stuff. So I'm not sure what it's all about yet, but I don't know that anybody outside of Twitter exactly knows what it's all about yet. But it's happened very, very quickly, uh, which I guess is the benefit of having, you know, a mercurial CEO who's the sole owner of the site is as soon as he feels like it, he can just change on a dime. Um, but anyways, um, there was a point to that beyond what was happening with Twitter. So wait, what's, what, what are tweets called? We don't know. Oh, well, no, I mean, are you, are you going to X? Oh yeah, no, I X'd today. Did you did you read my X? I did. There was a great X thread on. No, that that doesn't work. My point is, is once you get old enough, you get what I call the stuck in your ways pass, and that means you no longer have to change when they change it from Twitter to X you can just continue to call it Twitter because, hey, I'm old. I can't be expected to change. I can't be expected to keep up with the times. I'm going to just call it Twitter, and I'm just call it tweets. And I never used the term tweets because it made me want to tear out my spine. But if I had, I'd keep on using that term. Did you ever use the word tweeps? Have you ever heard of it? No. What's a tweep? A tweep is like, you know, my peeps only for your Twitter people. Oh, I'm glad I never heard it. Yeah. Does it make you want to tear out your spine? I, um, it, it's definitely not my spine. It's something that might instigate face punching. Yeah, it is. It just, it's an obnoxious word. So I don't use that word, but if I did use that word, I would continue using it because I don't have to do anything with X. I can just continue calling it Twitter. So maybe Sounds I'm like wrong. Maybe it'll be, you know, a smash hit and all the new features they'll add to it will cause people to 
identify them with X and people will start calling it X and, you know, they'll really exit out when they send something to other people or something. But although you got to remember that tweets, the word tweet to tweet and tweets, Twitter didn't come up with that. That was not an invention of people at Twitter or the Twitter company. That was phrasing that was invented by a tiny little program called Twitterific, which was an iOS Twitter client. They invented that, and then everybody else adopted it. And hashtags weren't invented by Twitter. They were invented by users of Twitter. Retweeting, invented by users of Twitter. So all of these things were done by users and other programs, and Twitter just kind of adopted them because they became so popular. So it is entirely possible that Elon Musk is just counting on other people coming up with cool new uh, phrases and stuff that the company will then adopt. And, of course, he's had some good news on the competition front. Threads is down 70% from its user base high. What is Threads? You didn't hear about Threads? Mm, I might have. Threads is when uh, Zuckerberg hired a bunch of ex-Twitter employees and, like, a month ago, launched a Twitter clone called Threads. Man, that guy is such a huge insufferable dork. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's based on your Instagram user account. It's called Threads colon an Instagram app. And it's only available in the app form right now. You can't get it on the web. And its icon is a little at symbol that's kind of done up special. So it looks like a thread. Only it's abstract and it's black and white. Don't I don't even. You have to kind of think about it because it's non-obvious. It just looks like a really highly elaborate at sign only you you get it after a few weeks oh it's supposed to be thread like like a thread making an app that someone's just laid out on the table um and hmm. brian jones says this in the uh uh in the chat uh yes if you use your see the <laughs> and this is the hilarious part they made it really easy to sign up for threads. All you have to do is sign in with your Instagram account. You just click on it and, and you automatically sign into threads. And you never have to create a username or, or address or password or anything. Just click sign in. But here's the catch. If you ever want to stop using threads and cancel your threads account you also have to cancel your instagram account and delete everything on your instagram <laughs> that's now, what they're trying to do 
make everything all, everything in your Facebook. Uh... I am absolutely sure and certain that that was not a ploy by Zuckerberg to artily, artificially inflate the user numbers on threads just in case the active users dropped by 70% mere weeks after the uh, Threads app was launched. <laughs> no, that'd be crazy. Coincidentally, as I may have mentioned, the user base on Threads app dropped 70% mere weeks after the app launched. Hmm. Is that insane or what? How weird is that? Active users. So Musk's one big, and it was huge. It was like up to 100 million users or something. 100 million users. Number of users shot up to insane levels because everybody has an Instagram. I right. even have an Instagram, and I don't post anything to it. I created an Instagram so I could follow some Instagrams without having their whiny pop-ups get in my face while I was doing it. There's some cool, like, art Instagrams I follow that post some art stuff. Uh, actually, I created a Tumblr for the same reason. So, yeah. Warpig has a Tumblr. That's all I got out of this. That's a Tumblr. And it's probably called exactly what you think it is. <laughs> and if you go there, I think I might have retumblered or whatever they call it. It's not retweeted, reposted, relinked. Reporned. I don't know what Tumblr calls it. <laughs> Uh, a couple of pictures from something, but that's it. And that was like probably a year ago. But I use it basically to keep track of some art accounts and see what art they posted because it's kind of cool. Um, illustration account. So if you want to see precisely two illustrations I clicked on when I was getting ready to use Tumblr, they're on there. Uh, yeah. I might even have a Tumblr follower or two. It's crazy. Well, it's time you got back to that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... They banned porn a long time ago. <laughs> no, they actually had to let it back on. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Their well, user base was crashing so much. They had to let... I think they're restricting it to, like, artistic, I don't know. I, I'm, I confess, I don't really pay that much attention to that side of the internet, but I know they let topless photography back on Tumblr because uh, everybody went to Twitter. Aha. And somehow made Twitter worse. And somehow made Twitter worse. Until Elon Musk started clamping down on, um, you know, that really illegal stuff. 
And then everybody got upset and left all those people left Twitter for someplace else, which I'm just as happy for. Yeah. I mean, I wish those people left Twitter for the graveyard, but I didn't say that. That's Whoa. not me. No. Yeah, there are there's some there's some foul stuff out there. But yeah, anyway. Speaking uh, of which, that movie is doing really, really well. Um Sounds of Freedom, is that what it's called? Sound of Freedom, yes. The uh the Jim Caviezel fighting the uh child traffickers. Child traffickers. Uh it's crossed the hundred million mark line, and I have to say it is a great uh movie by all accounts. Um, this is another movie I'm not going to go see because the the subject matter just punches me in the gut too hard. There are just some things that I am that tear my heart into too much to watch. Uh, some things that I can barely read news stories of. And so um, I was talking to... Uh, talking to a good friend on the phone the other day and they're like yeah I, I can't go watch it either and he was like but i'll happily buy anyone a ticket who wants to go see it so uh i'm glad to see that movie is succeeding despite all the hostility against it and uh and someone said they hope it's the uncle tom's cabin of our times and i really do hope that it starts a strong and persistent movement that we can get people coming together and acting against these just the worst people uh absolutely absolutely and that's all i'm gonna say about that i i, I think i've said enough I, I think i've said all i can say you bet uh uh, but speaking of speaking of doing really well, um, that's a great segue to talk about the main event. If you're ready, yes, I saw it today. You saw it today, uh, three hours in the theaters. Really, really quick. Did you like it? Did you enjoy yourself? I loved it. Okay, so I liked it too. We need to talk about why we liked a movie that nobody else is seeing. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning has fallen behind even uh, the movie we just talked about uh, in the box office. Seriously? What's, seriously. It's not doing well at all. You're, you are shocked. You find that I, hard to believe. I, I, I am absolutely shocked. I find that nearly impossible to believe. Incredible, maybe, but... Uh, take a look at the numbers for yourself. It's not doing well. But I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. What's the deal? I I have absolutely no idea. How, well, I'll tell how you can what. it not be doing well? Let me get the bad stuff out of the way, if you don't mind. Go ahead. The bad it's stuff? It's three hours long. It's too long. The bad stuff? The cast is geriatric. These are the same guys that have been doing the Mission Impossible series since Mission Impossible 4 when Tom Cruise took over as 
you know, owner of the whole franchise. Um, even the new people they bring in, they're older. Uh, so yeah, Tom Cruise is great. He does a sprinting thing, but the man's finally showing his age. Um, what else? What else is bad? Um, I can't speak to this. I really liked the the villain and the background villain, but uh, you know the the big bad being some sort of artificial intelligence. Uh, that's I, that might be turning people off. I don't know. But there's a couple of big things working against it, and I think the biggest thing working against it, people are just it's fatigue. Man, people don't want to see another tentpole in this same series that's now seven going on eight movies long. I admit, those last two are conjecture. But the villain being who it is is not as visceral as it just doesn't feel threatening. I mean, the villain didn't do anything to make you feel his visceral threat in the movie. If he had done something like threatening, like blew up a nuclear power plant or caused a chemical spill or done anything with observably malevolent um, aim and ends to, you know, like blackmail. the United States or Russia or start a war or anything to where this, the, the threat right now is really nebulous and vague. They talk about it, but they didn't demonstrate it. Mm -hmm. What are the stakes? They didn't really sell us on the stakes, did they? No. And that may not be moving the audiences. That's Gabriel, fair to say. Gabriel, the main bad guy. Now, the, the, really... Yeah, the, the, the villain is represented by uh, a person who uh, played by Isai, Mor Isai Morales named Gabriel. He, he didn't really have much of a personality. He was kind of a cipher. Mm -hmm. Um. And up until now, the Mission Impossible movies have really had villains who, who had a lot of personality. I think the best villain of the entire series has been, been number three. And maybe that's, maybe that's unfair to, to, to pull out uh, because the actor who did that was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I, of course, I can't remember his name, but he's the uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Seymour Hoffman, yeah, uh, who has sadly passed. But he was so colorful and so convincing and so chilling in that role. And 
this guy just did not have a personality. He was a cipher. He was almost like a computer himself. Uh, and maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe that was deliberate. But between a nebulous villain and a, and a robotic um, pawn of the villain, it kind of drained. You know who I loved? His henchman. She had a personality. Oh yeah, yeah. What's her? Uh, what was her character's name? Paris. Paris. Yes. She mm. sold her part, mm. and just the glee that she had when she mowed through all of those scooters. That's the moment I fell in love with that character. I mean, just as a character, you had to love her. Uh, she definitely was the only one having fun yeah. most of the time. Um, so, yeah, I just... Uh, I looked at that. If, if she had been the villain's, like main henchman that would have been a lot more fun and a lot more interesting and then Gabriel was just someone she hired I can see that I think it was it was a weakness uh And she got all the cool fight scenes. She got all the cool martial arts moves. She got the cool gunfight. I see what you mean. I, uh, I guess I'm a little fatigued by, you know, super psychopath, you know, assassin characters but she did have pretty much all of the fun in terms of fighting i'm just saying if if, if gabriel had gotten uh, let's say take her away and give all that stuff to gabriel and i don't think the actor could have carried it off because you need a young person to do that stuff But if he had gotten that stuff, that would have made him a, a, an interesting and visceral villain, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's where the weakness of the of the antagonist comes into play, uh, which is uh, he's supposed to be menacing because you know he's he's on the side of this you know all powerful artificial intelligence. Right. Uh, and so his job is to be confident, supremely confident. He knows that he has, he's working on the side of something that essentially can predict the future. And he has perfect assurances as to what will happen when. So it makes sense within the character, but. Like you said, it just leaves him as a cipher. 
because he just act, he he doesn't he doesn't really need to emote or anything. He's got such confidence in 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 his uh, path in his uh, mission that there's no you know there's no reaction. He's confident that he can beat even Tom Cruise. See, and we never see any any interaction between him and the eye. And I don't want to go back in history too far, but in Tron, in 1982's Tron, we see the MCP talk to, uh, is it Dillinger, the villain? Where he says, uh, you know, he asks him a question and the MCP says, I foresee a 60% chance of X and such happening. And Dillinger says, nice. Meaning, you know, crap or whatever. He's swearing by saying nice because it's a Disney movie. Um, mm-hmm. But if they had that kind of relationship where he talked to this AI and the AI responded to him instead of giving him absolute certainties, gave him you know, percentage chances of what's going to happen. And so he was unsure and it was his job to make happen what this AI wanted to happen. Then we would see his personality. Then we would see him showing emotion. Then he wouldn't be a cipher. He would be the guy who needed to do things to make it happen. And what the AI's goal would then be is to acquire the technology that would make him, you know, perfect or nearly perfect as far as predicting things goes. And he isn't quite there yet. And he has something to object. He needs something. See, if the AI had a goal and was fighting against, uh, and I'm not saying this is the move that would have saved the movie. I'm not even saying this is the right thing for the movie. I'm just saying those would have been stakes that would have had Ethan Hunt and the AI racing for something while at the same time, you know, Gabriel was allowed to be a little more human, had some interaction with the AI. We would get a feel of, you know, what strains were on him and what kind of demands were on him. And, you know, what is the consequences for Gabriel if he fails? What is he looking down the barrel of if he fails? Is he worshipful towards the AI? Because we don't know how he feels. Um, That's a really good point. And, and that brings me to one of the things I, one of the reasons I liked the villain and maybe against sort of expectations is do you remember the television show Person of Interest? Oh, I love that show. Again, yeah. Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel, he's back. Uh, they had the same concept. So this villain reminding me of that concept and using some of the same types of characters. For example, this guy who's the you know the human hand of the machine. Right. right? The evil Jim Caviezel. The, e- the evil Jim Caviezel. Um, that's great. Uh, I really appreciated that. And, and I enjoyed what they did with it. And it sort of let me 
Yeah, let me gloss over that sort of missing, as you said, those missing stakes, because I was thinking of that show. But one of the things that that show had was uh, his counterpart in Person of Interest was actually played by, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Fred from Angel. Why am I, yeah. why am I blanking on her name? But anyway, yeah. But you said worshipful, and that's exactly what it was. They showed her she actually worships the machine as a god, right? Um, no matter how crazy that sounds. Uh, it would have been great if we got something like that out of him. Instead, his backstory was that he's basically a guy who is just like nemesis. Ethan Hunt. He's just like Ethan Hunt. He's Ethan Hunt's nemesis. And uh, he's, you know, he's just as competent, only an evil psychopath killer, right? Uh, yeah, they could have done better. So, yeah, but I, mean, I... I hear you. Yeah, they could have done something like that. Like someone there, there would be people in this world who, you know, they don't believe in God, but this, you know, this all powerful machine uh, has access to all the data of the world and, and actually has nearly omniscient predictive powers, right? Yeah, that, that thing's going to rack up some worshippers. Uh, that might have been interesting to see. But uh, I actually did like the villain, even though I think in, in hindsight, what you said is correct. The Like, ooh, spooky AI, what's it going to do? I don't know, start war or something? Who knows? Although I'll say this, my favorite thing at the beginning of the movie, when they were pathetically trying to set up the stakes they're talking about how such a powerful computer system that had perfect knowledge and control of all of the world's computer systems and things it could easily dismantle the global world order and dismantle all the banks and the economies and 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 throw us down and i, <laughs> I even commented at during the movie i was like really that that doesn't sound all that bad <laughs> Wait, is this supposed to be the bad guy? Um, but I guess, I mean, if I was looking at it like that, that might be a reason why someone would not be as enthused coming out of it as I was. Because I, I saw, I, I guess I felt that stuff, but I was, I didn't really pay attention to it because I liked everything else so much. So tell me what you liked. I'm an action junkie and this is known. I loved the action scenes and the individual action scenes did not feel like they went on too long. Except Some maybe the train stunts. falling one. Yeah, they, they tried to milk that for all the suspense they could. It's I the one in the trailer, folks. That, uh, that, that, that part in the trailer where the train's falling off uh, a bridge. Yeah, that, that's like the last half hour of the movie, just so that you know. It, it does go on for a little too long. Um, but it made me think of Indiana Jones 5 because I'm watching like a car chase scene through a city. And I'm like, this is exciting. Boy, did Indiana Jones 5 really screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> Great car chase and funny, too. In Mission Impossible has always had uh, 
sort of really goofy humor in its action scenes. But the car chase is great and really notable by having um oh my goodness i can i'm spoiling it a little um tom cruise is slightly incapacitated so he can't do all the driving so we have someone in at the wheel who's not as good at driving as him and it's (laughs) hilarious because it's set up like any other you know mission impossible or james bond thing where you're like "Ooh, this is the car chase where he gets away and you go oh no this this isn't going to go well And you can tell this movie wasn't made for modern audiences because the female character actually says, nope, stop, you're driving. Right. <laughs> and, and turns it over to the man. And I was like, oh, 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 oh darn. People haven't noticed that yet. Nope. (laughs) If anybody notices that, they're going to be in trouble. But I did think that was like one of those moments that you wouldn't have even noticed any time before, you know, 2015 or 2012. But it's like... uh, That'll get you crucified now. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, um, so we have we have a tense scene in an airport that doesn't involve shooting and stuff. It's just trying to maneuver around the airport and bad guys showing up and maneuvering around and they make it tense, um, which isn't strictly an action scene, but it's still fun. Um, we have... And, and if you have any you remember that I'm missing, please feel free to, uh, you know, fill in. We have a tense submarine scene, which is nice to see because I haven't seen a good submarine movie in a while. Uh, I, and I actually would I would have liked a little bit more of that sort of thing. I was I was hoping for. Well, anyway, that that scene couldn't have gone on forever, but uh, it made me want to watch that movie, too. Um. Mission Impossible does Das Boot. Yeah, uh, it's uh, so it, yeah. If you like uh, Humphrey Rod October or uh, was it Crimson Tide or one of those other Das Boot, one of those other movies, you you get a nice a nice beginning sequence to the movie uh, that's set there, um, and it it is great. It is fun. It is tense. Um, and uh, the characterization they give the characters is actually really cool. Um, they give just enough characterization to sell, um, to not make it boring and to sell the scenes in the submarine. You buy that all of these characters are who you're told they are. Um, you do not doubt that the captain is the captain of the submarine because he acts like it. Um, it has various similitude. Um, the scenes with Kittredge um, in the in the meeting uh, are just great. Trying to explain to the uh, 
to the director of national intelligence what IMF is? Um, with a surprise cameo by Carrie Elius, I didn't even recognize him. Yeah. Didn't realize it was him. I mean, I knew he was in this movie. I just, I was like, you know, did not expect him to show up there or in that role. Yep. Um, last time I saw Carrie Elwes was live at uh, uh, Fanex, Salt Lake oh, City yeah. last year. Um, uh, Fanex also is coming up, by the way, pretty soon, and I'm going to be going to that uh, at least one day, maybe all of them. So we'll see what happens. Um, and that's in just like a couple months. And then uh, there was trying to get on the train, the fight on the train, the other fight on the train, um, the tense and, scenes. And you've seen clips of those. Like, have you seen the trailers, man? Like, yeah, all those little things like they're, they're shown briefly in the trailers and, and stuff. Uh, all these really cool stunts. Uh, getting on the train in particular, I wanted to, to bring up, right? Like you, you see the, uh, you know, you can see the still image of him on the motorcycle trying to catch no, no, up. No, no, no. I watched the like five minute Twitter behind the scenes on that. I watched. Oh, they them. got one of those? Yeah, they posted it on Twitter. I watched that whole thing. I knew about that stunt going into the movie. I was waiting for it, and it was still tense and awesome for me. It was just cool. be the landing. I expected. I knew it was coming, and it was still awesome. Right. I was like, "Yes," because it was better than what I was imagining. <laughs> I knew that was what was going to happen, and it was better than what I imagined. <laughs> that's just great when they can nail something so good that you can know it's coming and it's better than what you imagined in your head that's skill that's that's one of the reasons why i love this movie is it outdid my imagination because you're waiting and you're waiting and you're like oh this is what has to happen this is gonna happen because they wouldn't be giving you that pause if that wasn't what was gonna happen um, and then it happens and you're like, yes, oh, that's awesome. I hope that didn't become a spoiler, but yeah. Um, it was cool. But yeah, I watched him going off that cliff and, you know, the cameras and, uh, the setup and all of that. It was just great. Uh, and you're watching, then when you're watching it in the movie, you're like, Tom Cruise really did that for real. And the only thing that really surprised me, other than it looking fabulous and being great, is I didn't realize he had lines during that jump. Did he? he yes. He says something back to Benji. He says, uh, I'm trying to get away from this mountain. Um as he's falling that's and right he does he they don't tell you that while he's that that's not green screen that's not computer animated that is literally tom cruise base jumping off a mountain for real 
in the real world and I watched that happen, but they don't show you the close-up footage, so you don't know he's reciting lines as he's bass jumping. Well, that's cool. I mean, well, shoot, if Tom Cruise can do it, that's it. I'm going to quit watching movies. I'm going to start bass jumping. <laughs> I'm just like, man. So, yeah. Uh, I just... Uh, the gunfights were awesome. Um, I liked, uh, as Brian says in the in the chat, I liked uh, "quote unquote" Peggy Carter's character in the movie. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to differ with you there. I mean, her her whole job is is was just to ignore what everybody said and always do the wrong thing. Oh, so obnoxious. <laughs> okay. That's it. That's it. Okay. I, I, that's it. I wanted to punch her. I mean, she really should have stayed where she was told. <laughs> Wised up sooner than she did? Yes. Yes. Yes, Daddy War Pig. <laughs> yes, she should have. <laughs> But that's okay. Sometimes characters are stupid for the sake of the plot, and it doesn't ruin the movie. And sometimes people are stupid in real life. Mm. Or stubborn. Mm. It's um, true. But yeah, I just I thought the action sequences were great. Most, except for the one at the end, the individual action sequences did not linger too long on the screen. Uh, which was not the case for Indiana Jones. Um, it was not the case for that other movie you were talking about. What was the last movie you were talking about where the action scenes were just too long? Oh, John Wick. <laughs> oh, yeah. You didn't like that one action scene in John Wick, The Stairs. Yeah, I, I was pretty fatigued by the end of that one. Okay. I, I noticed that it was really long, but it didn't bother me. Well, that's the interesting thing, too. Um, uh, Mission Impossible only seemed too long in retrospect. Uh, believe, it or, believe it or not, that movie went by. I, I was ready for the train scene to be over, but uh, I actually didn't realize it was three hours till I was out. Yeah. It so I had a good time. Real fast. It was not a movie that lingered while you were watching it. So, okay. I'd give it a definite recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, if you're on the fence, if you're on the fence and uh, you don't mind a longer movie, do it. Because uh, it's, it's better. Oh, and uh, the fiance and I have been watching some of the older Mission Impossible movies, uh, just as a refresh after seeing that one. And uh, it is it is better than the bad ones and worse than the good ones, if that makes sense. Uh, it's, uh, it, it is good and I enjoyed it. Um, Mission Impossible, the first one, actually still the best. 
And Mission Impossible was two was good if weird. But um oh goodness, three three and three was not good. And four wasn't good outside of a cool really badass stunts. That's See, that's I'm, my mini that's my mini report. If you haven't seen them in a while, I would say Mission Impossible Three and Fallout are are the best of the series. And Mission Impossible One is sort of workmanlike. Bro, you are misremembering it, number three. It is legit a bad movie. It it is, will make you it will make you mad while watching it. I've seen that a few times. Philip Seymour Hoffman is incredible. Uh he does Bert, he does great work with absolutely nothing. He's just into the Vatican. He's just a vindictive arms dealer. Uh running uh, across the rooftop in Shanghai. I, I think it's Shanghai, if I remember correctly. Um Maggie Q, Simon Pegg's first outing. Um, blowing up the sports car. That was kind of funny. <laughs> um, no, I love that movie. I thought it was a great movie. Um, oh yeah, the he... party, the party where he's uh, talking to people and pretending to be a traffic. Guy, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> well, um, you were the person that movie was made for. The scene on the bridge was great. Um, you know, oh, I thought, um, dang it, how can I not remember his name? He's one of my favorite actors. He's from John Wick, played the director of the IMF. Oh, um, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne, I thought, did an absolutely amazing job. Um, and Dr. Manhattan played his friend. Um, who, and I guess it's been, you know, almost two decades, so you, I can say this. And his friend who betrayed him also did a great job. Um, and him having to be captured and escape and, you know, the only cheesy or bad moment in the movie was when the bad guy shot someone that it turned out he didn't actually really shoot. Uh-huh. Just for audience Shock. Just, just a bait and switch for the audience. Yeah, I didn't like that part. Still don't like that part. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a great movie. It is one <laughs> of the best Mission Impossible's. All right, but we're agreed on on this one. Seven. I, I don't think they needed to make it a two parter movie. Apparently, number eight's coming next year. But uh, yeah, we we both really liked this one. Yeah, I did. I really liked this one. So, 
All right, we have got eight minutes. You had something else you wanted to talk about, right? I watched uh, the first five seasons of Cobra Kai. Season six isn't out yet. It is about Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso. Um, golly, I don't think I'm going to have enough time to do anything about this. You got 10 minutes. I think your clocks are two minutes slow. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I like rounding. Yeah, it's it's a fun show. It's on Netflix. It started off on YouTube when they had uh, when they were trying briefly to do some original YouTube programming and then stopped. And it was the breakout show on YouTube, and so. Netflix ended up picking it up. Uh, there's the final season coming out real soon. So uh, if you haven't seen it or if you've only seen a couple of the seasons, go ahead, watch the rest. They're good. They're fun. Um, there's a lot of karate in it. Nice. Um, for seasons four and five, you're going to want to watch Karate 3 or you're not going to understand a lot of what happens. Uh, they bring back a lot of people from earlier movies. Um, they brought back people, not just Johnny Lawrence, who was in Karate Kid 1. There was a Karate Kid 3, wasn't there? Yes. Huh. Uh, there was even a Karate Kid 4, but that didn't have uh, uh, Johnny Lawrence or Daniel LaRusso in it. That had Hillary Swank in it, and I haven't seen that one either. Oh. Um, oh, boy. I haven't seen Karate Kid 3, and I was playing catch-up. They do a good job of giving you enough to know what's going on, but I have a feeling if I had actually seen the movie, I would have had a lot more, you know, a lot more understanding. So definitely watch Karate Kid 3 before you see seasons 4 and 5, uh, maybe even 3. Um, but yeah, they, they, uh, some of the main villains, like the main villain of those last couple seasons is the main villain from Karate Kid 3. So, you know, you want to get, uh, you want to get Gotta caught get up, caught up. and, uh, also watch, make sure you've have at least seen Karate Kid 2 and Karate Kid 1 if you want to watch the series, because otherwise a lot of things aren't going to make any sense at all. If you've never seen Karate Kid, slap your face. Um, yeah, classic. Watch it. Although I love the uh, first uh, episode of uh, Cobra Kai where they explain some of the events from Johnny's point of view. And you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of starting to see it his way. <laughs> Maybe Mr. Miyagi was kind of a jerk. <laughs> um, I definitely watched the, if you haven't seen him, watch the three karate kid movies. Cause the first two are uh, classics. They are immortal movies. And the third one exists. Um, <laughs> it is also a movie that you can watch if you like movies. Uh, and, and, and will be important for later seasons of Cobra Kai. Um, 
and then uh yeah the cobra kai series is a lot of fun they do a lot of karate fights and uh you know the relationship between johnny lawrence and uh and daniel larusso is great uh they brought they bring back uh the girlfriend who's having kind of a minor career renaissance she was in the first season of the boys um and of course i can't remember her name right now um but she's uh she's coming back um just uh yeah it was worth my time i really enjoyed it it was a good pastime it's enjoyable television cool it is there are things in there that are for modern audiences just be forewarned um, they don't inundate the show, but they are there. Um, but not, however, uh, I don't know. Johnny Lawrence is, it's not the way you think. I don't want to make it sound like it, that they ruined the series because they didn't. If they had, I wouldn't have watched it or I'd be telling you not to watch it. And I think it was worth watching. Uh, if you have time and you want a TV show to watch, this is, you know, this is a good pastime. I'm not saying cool. it's destination television. It's not a TV series. I would grab a hold of your arm and say, dude, this is a great show. You have to watch this. Uh, but it is a good show to watch if you uh, want something to watch. And uh, yeah. It is a kind of a, show aimed at older teens or young adults uh, or Karate Kid fans, people who know the movies. That's well, it. That I'm done. Sounds good, man. Hey, so uh, felt good doing this at the new time. Hope, uh, hope everybody uh, was able to catch us, enjoyed it. Hope we see more people in the chat in the future. And, uh, you know, I hope everybody checks this out later. I mean, we're still going to be up on, well, you, you've got the whole spiel. You're going to tell everybody where we're going to be. But uh, I'm just glad that we're back in action. So thanks for being awesome, Daddy Warpig. I'm done for the week. All right. Uh, this has been Geek Gab for Monday, July 24th, 2023. Uh, we are on youtube.com slash geekgab. That's youtube.com slash geekgab. You can also get us on the iTunes store on soundcloud.com or on the Google Play store. Just do a search for geekgab. We are signing out for today, but don't you worry. Uh, yes, this is a permanent time slot change, although we will be uploading the show to youtube uh permanently on saturday i believe is that correct uh no there's youtube doesn't differentiate between live shows and uh and podcasts or it does and this is just like our saturday show only it's on monday so it'll be available on youtube immediately afterwards okay there you go um so yes this is a permanent uh time slot change we have had some adjustments that had to be made uh because of you've told them right uh told them i don't recall about october about october 
Yes. Well, I've mentioned I have a fiance. I'm getting married in October. Okay. Because of pending nuptials, we've had to make adjustments to uh, to the showtime. So, all right. We are signing out for today, but don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.